Back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all gonna get this vaccine. For real though. For real. Like, I hope y'all have gone to get the vaccine. And if you can't because of other reasons, just get it on behalf of your neighbor. There, I know a lot of people. I know a few people who cannot get this vaccine because, well, they can have complications due to the issues so in order to protect them all of us who have the ability to get the vaccines who are power power and are able to withstand all this other stuff please go get the vaccine the reason that i bring this up is we are seeing a massive spike in cases in the uk and in india and then also here in the united states from the delta variant of the coronavirus i know for the longest time it seemed like everything was going well everything is going well as as a matter of fact speaking of everything going well during the weekend we had our first fully packed concert msg was fully parked over the weekends for a foo fighters concert and when i say fully packed i mean a hundred percent capacity as a matter of fact people are starting to travel more and more and more so much so that american airlines was like this is too much we wanted y'all to come back but we ain't got the pilots to be able to get you guys back and we'll talk more about the worker issues that is going on right now but they're like we have to cancel some flights and united airlines i mean american airlines had to cancel about one percent of flights because everybody's getting back to normal the new normal has already began but as jay powell jerome powell said during his interview last week when it was asked about inflation he said and asked about what are the issues that he sees that might affect the growth of the economy he said i would not declare victory over the virus just yet i just would encourage people to continue to get vaccinated so please, if you have the opportunity, if you can't get vaccinated, I know there are some people, even in my family, I know people who cannot get vaccinated because they've had other symptoms and other issues come up due to uh, other things that they have going on. So we, the ones that can't get vaccinated, we have to get vaccinated on their behalf because the thing you have to understand about a virus is a virus can mutate. And if we don't get herd immunity, the virus can just continue to hurt, uh, hop from person to person to person to person and continue and can eventually mutate to another state where we have to go into a whole different situation and start dealing with this whole thing all over again. So please, if you have the opportunity to get vaccinated and you can afford to get vaccinated, you're not going to have any kind of negative symptoms if you get vaccinated or anything like that where you have uh, your body doesn't already suffer from immunodeficiencies or any of this other stuff. Go ahead and get yourself vaccinated. Um, this is also my selfish act because your boy is enjoying life right now. I'm playing soccer on Saturday. I'm out here doing my soccer gig. I'm doing everything. I'm going up and about. I'm got as my friend said, Kelechi, you have not been gallivanting. You need to go and be gallivanting. So please, everybody, allow me to go and gallivant. I'm still kind of scared to go to stadiums because I want to go to Atlanta United game. But I'm still like, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm ready for all of that. But you know. Your boy wants to go and gallivant. So give us the opportunity so I can gallivant about this place. You know what I mean? Like, just give me opportunity so I can go be gallivanting. So please, if you have the opportunity to take the vaccine, uh, from all the results and all the test cases that we've seen, there have been almost no negative uh, no negative uh, consequences from taking the uh, vaccine. So please, if you have the opportunity to go get the vaccine. I would say get the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccines. Those seem to be the best to work against every single type of uh, 
every single type of variation of this virus. I got the J&J vaccine. I'm still good. I didn't really suffer any issues. There have been no more reported cases or no more reported issues with the J&J vaccine. So I don't think we're going to have any other issues with it. So please, guys, just if you haven't and you can, please get the vaccine. But anyway, let me get off my soliloquy to get on another soliloquy to talk about the labor force. So we've been talking a lot about the labor force, what's going on there. A lot of people are not going back to work. Why are people not going back to work? Well, I just wanted to add another antidote to the ad argument so that you guys, you know, like I say, a lot of us get information from different sources, but I just want to add a little color to all that information. So here's another good antidote that I just learned about this week. In May, over 649,000 people left their retail jobs. This is the highest number that we have seen since 19, I think it was 1980 that I read. In other words, people are feeling very optimistic about their future potential. And this is for positions that during the uh, during the pandemic, everybody was always like, yay, the heroes, there are heroes, the essential workers, yay. Like, you know, people who worked at fast food restaurants, people who worked at store clerks, people who worked as cashiers, all those positions that we were all clapping about. But prior to that, we had all been like, yeah, they deserve to be in that position. They don't deserve to get paid. And all the other nonsense that so many people were saying as if people shouldn't be getting paid livable ways. But anyway, the Washington Post interviewed someone who was living their job and asked her, what is exactly was driving her to decide that you know what i'm gonna leave this job that was paying her i believe it was about 11 dollars an hour and she said my life isn't worth a dead-end job and getting paid only 11 dollars an hour is just not worth it which illustrates a much deeper point of what the pandemic did the pandemic forced each and every single one of us in so many different ways to rethink our lives to rethink where we're headed to rethink where we are currently it made us think about things that we probably had not thought about prior to the pandemic the pandemic forced us since we had nothing else to do the pandemic forced us to sit down and to actually think to actually allow our minds well some of us to think because all, uh, some of us ended up binge watching TV and all this stuff, but we still had moments where we had to force ourselves to think about, is this what I want to do? Is this where I want to be? Is this how I want to live? Are there things that I can do to adjust my lifestyle? Are there other things that have been putting off because I just have not had time to rethink a lot of issues? It forced a lot of us to reassess what is it that we actually wanted. And then plus with the extra government stimulus, with the extra government benefits that a lot of people got during the pandemic, it gave them a chance to actually take a risk on themselves. It gave them a chance to actually say, you know what, bump that job that doesn't want to pay me what I'll pay me a good amount of money. Bump that job that is just kind of like I've been working there. Nothing seems to be changing. Every time I ask for a change or every time I ask for a slight thing to be changed around me, it doesn't get changed. So you know what? Now that I have this little bit of a fallback, I can at least start changing the things around. I can at least start changing a little bit of the things that are happening in my life, which in turn forces a lot of businesses to raise wages and attract new talent. However, there's also the negative side of that, which is, Business, small businesses who can afford to raise wages probably are not going to do that well um, to be able to attract talent. And a lot of bigger corporations, they're going to be able to absorb those charges, but a lot of smaller businesses may not be able to survive this. So like with everything, it's not all black and white. There's a lot of gray. One thing that I really wish and I really hope that I'm pushing through on this podcast is helping people understand that not everything and most things are not black and white. Most things sit in the gray. Most things are not 
if or that. Most things are both and. We have to learn to absorb both pieces of information and learn to say, you know what? I don't really see how it's just one way or the other. Can we find a way where we have a middle ground to make sure that we're doing the best for everyone? I want to really, I really hope that during these uh, podcasts that I'm really sharing things where people can understand that there are multiple ways to skin a cat and that we just have to come to a term to understanding both sides of the problem so we can come to the best solution possible. And then speaking of the fact that a lot of people are rethinking the way that they're doing a lot of things, in the first half of this year, In the first half of this year, a record number of new small businesses have been opened. There are now more businesses, more small businesses than there were pre-pandemic. That is crazy. We went through a recession last year. The expectation was we were going to see something uh, something similar to what happened in 2008, where a lot of businesses got shut down, where there were over like 400,000 businesses had to close up shop permanently during that recession but that's not what we're seeing this time around that's not what we're saying because the government jumped in very quickly to provide liquidity to a lot of businesses but even more so we're seeing like i said earlier a lot of people reassess their life and they're saying you know what there's always been this thing that i wanted to try out who's calling me ah don't you hate scam calls like my goodness don't call my phone anybody gonna try and pick you up Get, get get off my phone nonsense but anyway, like I was saying, where was I? You see, this is the problem with scam calls. Like, you just knocked my entire... You know what? This is why This is why I need to be putting my phone on mute and putting my phone on, on vibrate when I'm on the podcast so I can focus. So I can focus. But anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, that's right. In 2008, a lot of businesses went out for good. But in this situation, like I said, a lot of people are actually reassessing their lives. And so the number of new businesses... People are starting to take chances on themselves to be like, you know what? I've always wanted to try and do this. I've always wanted to do this. And people are taking chances on them. But even more so, it is easier than it was in 2008 to start a new business. With tools like Shopify, tools like Stripe, tools like Etsy, with all the information that we have on the internet, a lot of people, there's a whole lot less risk with starting a business of your own. Because a lot of stuff, you don't need that much capital anymore. You don't need that much money to be able to start a business in your living room. A lot of businesses nowadays, a lot of people just say, yeah, I mean, I just create the clothes in my bedroom or I create videos in my bedroom or I make this thing in my bedroom or I do this in my bedroom. I do this in my living room. And a lot of businesses are being formed out of people's homes. People don't have warehouses or have to go and figure out how do I create a website. You can just open a Shopify store. You can just use Stripe as your payment processor. You don't even have to, if you have a physical location, which one of the things that I read about in that article, it talked about most of the new businesses is not just online businesses, but physical retail as well with restaurants and laundromats being some of the biggest businesses that are being opened up right now. And a lot of people are able to do that because of things like Square, because of things that make it so much easier to operate a business because after 2008 a lot of businesses from 2009 i mean shopify stripe fc uh square a lot of these businesses came out after the 2008 financial crisis after that a lot of these new technologies that we use came from that i mean uber lyft a lot of these things came out of that recession and so now those tools are being used today and it's making businesses so much easier to start and so a lot of people are like you know what 
I can take this risk. I can afford to bet on myself. And that's one thing that I've been saying over and over and over again. People have reskilled. People are looking for ways to retool themselves, to go into a different industry. The pandemic kind of woke everybody up and was like, you know what? There are just some things that are just not going to happen for me. Like I go back to that quote that the lady said that was interviewed by the Washington Post. She said, my life isn't worth a dead end job. In other words, I need to do something else. I need to make sure that I'm being paid something that I can actually survive on during these times so that's another antidote to just talk about the whole issue of why we're seeing such a worker shortage i know you're probably hearing about it all the time on different news but there are so many different factors that play a role it's not the fact that the government is just giving unemployment check there's other things playing a role as well so melding all of these things together it's not one side or the other it is combining all of this information to figure out like okay so what can we do to attract people and what can we do or what can the government do or what can whoever do to make sure that we're bringing in more people to our businesses if you're a business owner these are some of the things you have to ask yourself do i need to increase pay do i need to adjust the way that i'm doing my sharing my my revenue with my employees how do i attract talent what are the type of positions that i need maybe it means that i need to automate some of my systems that's some things that unfortunately it's going to happen it's already been happening and people are planning for that automated future but anyway, that's a whole ramble that I just did on businesses and how they can afford to change and what is actually going on right now in the labor market. Moving on from there, let's talk about Prime Day, which was on Monday and Tuesday. And shout out to Amazon for creating an entire holiday, literally an entire holiday for the main purpose of getting you to pull the money out of your pocket and spend and give them all that money <laughs> literally amazon created prime day it's not even like attached to anything it's just like yo it's a day when you can get all kinds of deals which sometimes is not even like great deals but regardless it gets you to pull your money out and gets you to give your money to amazon Prime Day has continued to meet, continued, oh my God, continued to be a major boost for Amazon during a time of the season that most people tend not to spend as much money on retail products, rather spending their money on trips and traveling during the summertime. And Amazon last year, during the pandemic, Amazon sold 10 billion, that's with a B, worth of goods in the span of, let me say it, two days. In the span of two days, Amazon got people to spend over $10 billion which was way more, which is, this is another mind-blowing and boggling stat, which was more than they got people to spend during Black Friday, which was just about $9 billion. It has been so successful, Prime Day has been so successful that Walmart, Target, Best Buy, Kohl's are all copying the holiday and all of them just so happen to be happening on the same exact two days. Kohl's had a special deal day that they're doing as a matter of fact i just got myself some new cleats my soccer cleats was falling apart so i had to get a replacement and dick sporting goods even had a three-day sale that just came out of nowhere not attached to any of the normal holidays just because they're trying to counter amazon i was able to get my cleats for like 20 bucks which is awesome the cleats cost like 80 bucks i got it for 20 bucks this is how i like to shop but according to Early results from Adobe, which is a way they analyze res uh, results of online sales. They said Amazon has over $11 billion in sales. $11 billion. Remember, we said last year, and last year was a pandemic. Everybody was locked up in their house. Everybody had nowhere to go. This year, even though we are opening back up, people spent over $11 billion on Prime Day this year. 
which makes it the most successful Prime Day in all of history. Which is why I keep saying, like, yo, Amazon, like, people, just because Amazon is already a $1.8 trillion company doesn't mean that it can't keep growing. Because, like I said before, online retail sales in the United States, not even all over the world, in the United States, only account for about 15% of total retail. 15%. And that's taking into account the fact that last year, we were all locked up and we were all doing our shopping online. So just think about that. Think about that. How much room Amazon, Shopify, Etsy, all these other stores have to grow. Now, does it mean that it's going to be 100% online? I don't think so. However, it's just for you to think about like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of room, which is why Amazon can sell $11 billion in the span of 48 hours. How crazy is that? But this leads me to another point. And I said it earlier about the way that I was able to buy my shoes and I got it for way cheap. It would cost like I think it was $70 and I got it for like 30 bucks. I think it was 20 to 30 bucks after tax and all that kind of stuff. Just because something is on sale does not mean that you are saving money. Just because an item is on sale does not mean that you are saving money. Remember, a sale is just a trick to get you to spend money that you didn't plan on spending. So you are not saving money if you decide or you see something, you walk into a store and you had no idea that that thing was on sale and you see it and you're like, oh my gosh, 50% off. You're not saving 50%. You're spending 50% because you didn't plan to spend money in the first place. It's like if you see an item cost $100 and they're saying 50% off and you're like, oh, I'm going to save $50 on this thing. But if you didn't need the item in the first place, you're not saving 50% because you didn't save to spend $100 on that item. And now you're getting it for $50. No, 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 no. You're spending $50 when you should have been saving, when you should have spent $0. So it's costing you $50. Just remember, sales are not to your benefit. Never ever think that sales are to your benefit when a company announces a big old sale. No, no, no. This is on the benefit of the company for them to be able to sell more products. So always remember, just because something is on sale doesn't mean that you're saving money. You're not. Most of the time, we're spending money rather than saving it when it's on sale because we didn't plan to spend that amount of money. That's just an aside and a hot take that I just needed to sell to share with everybody because you're not saving the money. You're just spending it. So please be careful with all of these sales that are out here trying to get you to spend money on being like, oh, but you can save 25%. It's like, yeah, but I have to spend the 75% as well. So whose money still has to come out of my pocket one way or another? Or are you going to give it to me for free? Now, if you go give it to me for free, that's that's a whole other thing. I'll take it. I mean, I'm going to take it free, like if it's free. Free is free. Free is good. If you're going to give me something for free, I'm going to take it. That's different. But if it's something where I still have to bring my card out or I still have to bring my phone out and I still have to press pay and money has to leave my account to go to somebody else's account. Well, guess what? I'm not saving money because I'm still spending the money. Now, if I had planned to spend the money in the first place and then I didn't spend as much as I was expecting to spend, then I'm saving some money, right? Then I'm saving some money. But anyway, moving on to some extras to finish off the podcast for the day. The 15-nation economic community of West Africa states, West African states, announced plans Saturday to launch a single currency in 2027 called ECO, called the ECO, or ECO, because, man, I did Nigerian. When I saw it, I said ECO because I was still reading it in my American accent, and then I had to switch. I said, wait, 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 wait. This is talking about West African nations. So not be ECO, not ECO, 
So the new currency will be called the Echo or again, uh, Echo. <laughs> the launch was previously put on hold due to the pandemic last year. For me, this to me, it believes and shows a great opportunity for African nations to begin to use their size and the economies of one another to help build each other up. It helps them get past the whole thing of like, this is how much we spend here. And, this, and it just scrubs all of that stuff and helps it kind of become kind of like the Eurozone, where the Eurozone helps each other out, allows each country to specialize in certain things to make sure that those things bold well for each other, which opens trade agreements. It opens a block agreement. It makes things a lot easier for African nations to stand up and kind of say, no, we don't want this deal from the European Union. We don't want this deal from the United States. We don't want this deal from China. We don't want this deal from uh, Japan. We don't want this deal from all of these places because as a united front, we can be stronger together rather than being separated. And I think this is a great opportunity. If we can open up border agreements between all different countries within Africa, whether it's from South Africa all the way to Nigeria, to Ghana, to all the different countries in Africa, Egypt, all of these countries, if we can all just work together, we'll have such, I, I, I believe that we'll have a lot more economic growth. And this is a major opportunity because I believe this will also help with the whole unemployment situation that we have in a lot of Western African nations, which is one that I know a lot about, which is like, we have some of the worst unemployment, especially for people between the ages of 18 and 35, which is what actually drives the economy further. People within those ages are usually the ones who help economies grow. If you look at the United States, a lot of businesses, a lot of growth for the economy in the United States. It doesn't come from those who have already gone on and done what they needed to do. It comes from the young people because young people are able to still dream. Young people still haven't had their souls snatched away from them from the world. Young people still are trying to take their chances. Like we just talked about it a little bit ago with everybody trying to build their own businesses and all that stuff. However, the problem is in a lot of African nations, the unemployment rate is crazy. It's like 50%, if not more. And so a lot of younger folks who should be getting opportunities to start learning about skills, start building new skills are not getting those opportunities. So I hope that through using ECOWAS and using this new ECHO and building this new uh, bilateral agreement to drop a lot of the borders will help African nations to start pushing through and start developing a lot of the potential that we have in our nations. Let me get off my high horse. All right, let's finish this out with, actually, check this out. So on on Monday, the Supreme Court you ruled unanimously against the NCAA and upheld a lower court order that allows students to provide unlimited academic-related benefits to their student-athletes. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, in the past, the NCAA has been just been dicks. Let me just put it simply. The NCAA has been trying to run a slavery game with not trying to compensate all the players that play in their different leagues, whether it's their athletes that play football, basketball, track and field, all these different athletes that play in different things. They just have been like, no, they're not allowed to earn anything. They can't. The, the, the thing that I had a problem with, it's like, okay, fine. They can't get paid, but can they go get internships so they can get paid? No, the NCAA is like, you're not allowed to do that. You're a student athlete. And it's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like me as a student, I was able to get an internship to be able to pay for so many things in school. Guess what? The NCAA was like, nope, you're not allowed to do that. It's like, okay, fine. Can the school buy me a laptop? Nope, the school is not allowed to buy you a laptop. That doesn't, it's like, how are these students supposed to survive? Like they should be compensated in some way or another. As a matter of fact, uh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh said it this way. 
Nowhere in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. You see, that doesn't even make sense. It is not evident why college sports should be any different. He continued, the bottom line is that the NCAA and its members colleges are suppressing the pay of student athletes who collectively generate billions of dollars in revenue for colleges every single year. But the student athletes who generate the revenue, many of whom who are African-American, African-American and from lower income backgrounds end up with little or nothing. Here's a crazy stat that I saw the other day. The highest paid public employees in 40 states are college coaches. College coaches. How the heck are you guys making all of this money, but then the students can't see any of it? How? How? Doesn't make any sense. And the NCAA keeps on arguing this whole thing of it's amateurism. If if people, if the fans say, see it no longer as amateurism, the fans are no longer going to engage with our sport. That is BS. That is so dumb and so BS. Guess what? I don't care if a player gets paid. I'm just here to be entertained. That's why we watch sports. We just want to be entertained. That's it. <sighs> I'm sorry, y'all. I know I'm, I'm really loud today because it just it just really ticked me off hearing just and it took me off just hearing the way the NCAA tra keeps trying to like defend themselves. And I'm so glad that finally players will be able to actually have some kind of livable expense. It's not even like players are asking for like, yo, pay me $50,000 or $60,000. All they're asking for is, hey, I want to be able to get an internship when I'm not having to practice. I want to be able to go get, uh, I want to have laptops. I want to be able to have a little bit of money so I can go eat out. So I can take my girlfriend for, for lunch or dinner or anything like that. So I can live life. Schools are like, nah, nah, dog. You a college student athlete. Or even better, even worse yet. For the players to even just use their image, since they're an all-star player on a campus, why can't they use their image to, whether it's like go to a dealership and sign some kind of agreement with the dealership that, hey, I will do an ad uh, advertising for you. And then when I do this advertising for you, you pay me some lump sum of money. Or why can't they be online and get sponsored by so many different avenues for them to be able to make money off of their image and likeness? The NCAA is like, no, 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 you can't do that. We are the only ones that can make money off of your name. How dumb is that? So I'm so glad that that's being changed, man. It's about damn time because the whole time, the whole time it's just been NCAA makes this. The NCAA has just been making all kinds of crazy amounts of money, making billions and billions of dollars. And the students that are the ones who are putting in the work ain't getting a dime, ain't getting jack deal, nothing. Anyway, I'm going to get off my High horse. I'm on my high horse a lot today. I don't know. I don't know why I'm so passionate about all these different topics. Anyway, Microsoft, my favorite company to invest in, as some of y'all know, just passed the $2 trillion mark, making them the only other country in the world that is worth $2 trillion. Previously, there were three, but Saudi Aramco has not exactly been doing real good after COVID because they're an oil company and a lot of people pulled out their money from oil companies but regardless so now it's just apple and microsoft are the two largest companies in the world and apple being worth i think is like 2.4 2.2 trillion and microsoft just crossing that 2 trillion 
threshold, which is just amazing. However, I'm pretty sure sometime either this year or early next year, I think Amazon and Google are also going to cross that threshold. They are both right at 1.7. I think Amazon is closer to 1.8 trillion and, uh, and Google is at 1.7 trillion dollar mark. Facebook is right close, crazy, but they haven't crossed that one trillion mark just yet but they will probably cross it sometime this year i think they're at like 920 or something like that so that's something to think about and something that i'm excited about and it's interesting to just watch uh watch these companies cross that boundary that i don't think most of us thought would would happen but it's happened and it's going to happen more and more and more going into the future side note i have a video on youtube coming out on monday that talks about the risks involved in investing in microsoft so if you want to watch that video go check out the youtube channel the link is in the show notes and you can go find out more information about what are some of the challenges investing in one of my favorite businesses of all time because one of the things you always have to do when picking companies to invest in you always have to invert in other words you always have to find out what is wrong with my thesis what is wrong with my investment thesis what are ways that this company can end up going negative rather than the positive direction that i believe that it will go through and let's clear it out with some fun facts f9 which is Another Fast and Furious movie, which you react with. Another one? Another one? Yeah, it's going to be coming out this weekend. This is a big deal because it's going to really tell us how people are returning to theaters. Are people going to go in ways and in packs this weekend? Or any of y'all going to go see F9 in theaters? This will really tell us how people are going to return to the theaters this year. And finally, I don't know how to feel about this news that I read. Due to high prices for wings and prices of wings just continue to fly out going from 98 cents or expanding and exploding from 98 cents per wing to over $3 a wing, Wingstop has decided to launch a new virtual brand called Thighstop. They will be selling you crunchy thighs with the same flavors that you've come to love from Wingstop. So I'm kind of torn because I'm the type of person, I'm kind of slightly obsessed with Wingstop. Me and my guy, Nietzsche, we literally will buy like 30 pieces of wings from Wingstop and we'll take it home and we'll just devour that thing. Like we'll just kill and destroy the whole thing. So I'm kind of torn. I don't know how to feel about this because I definitely, I'm not going to go buy thigh stop. So it's going to help my pockets out. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I kind of want some wings now. To be honest, I kind of want to go buy some wings from Wingstop, but you know. Let me know what you think about thigh stop. Are you going to be some thigh buyers? Just email me at the rambling mind show at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on my Instagram. You can reach out to me on Twitter and all the other social places in the show notes. And finally, I just want to end this on a slight somber tone. Over the weekend, there was a tropical storm in Alabama and it killed about 13 people. Of those 13 people, eight of them were kids in a bus crash. So please just keep those families in your prayers. That's it's a heavy, heavy time. And just keep those those families in your prayers that have lost loved ones during these times, especially from the coronavirus and corona pandemic. Uh, just keep praying for, for folks that, that things would just be better and we'll just turn around this corner um, in Jesus' name. Amen. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, Share this podcast with one person that you love, one person that you hate, and one person that you just kind of like, eh, about. And by that time, you'd have shared it with every single person that you know. It's been your boy, Kalechi. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all, and I'm out. Peace.